Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by Sirius XM Canada. Sirius XM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. As always, your host, Peter Bulwer. And today I'm joined by Tafara Senko, the VP of Sales of Canada and the Western USA for Advantage Park Solutions. Tafara, thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's great to be here, Peter. For our listeners who might not be very familiar with Advantage Park Solutions, can you tell us a little bit about who are you, what do you do, as well as how you personally got into the industry? Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'd say when you look at what Advantage Car Solutions is and what we do, um, many franchise car dealerships don't have in-house sales and marketing for their parts department like they do for new car sales. And it makes it challenging to grow that piece of the dealership. So rather than go down that road, what we do is we're a fraction of that investment. And because our team live and work in their markets, we're able to move the needle considerably for our clients. So what Advantage does is we help our clients by representing them, the franchise car dealers, that is, out to body shops and mechanical repair facilities around town. So ultimately, our goal is to grow the top and bottom lines of their parts departments. I'd also add that uh, as technology has evolved and become a bigger part of our lives, Advantage has created quite a robust platform that really propels our face-to-face relationships to a new level. So we really realized that when we fuse the in-person meetings and relationships with the tech platform, we really became the only brand that does what we do at our scale globally. So we do have other organizations that, you know, could compete against us and even sometimes individuals in a specific market, but they really don't have a seat at the tables that we do. They don't have that technology backing them to power and automate their world like we do. Um, so I would say in short, Advantage, we use various tools to optimize the OEM part supply chain. Very interesting. Now, when you're saying connecting the dealership to the mechanical repair or the collision repair shops, can you elaborate on the connection a little bit? It, it's kind of taking the place of you know, a traditional hard part store, like a brick and mortar, as I understand So we're a parts marketing organization. We do bridge the gap between the shops and the dealerships because we're really one point of contact, a resource to them for all their OE parts needs. When you look at the Canadian market, there's what, 20 to 25 major OE brands. And for every shop to manage every supplier for every brand is very cumbersome. So we take that burden away from them and we provide the aid, the support, uh, the service to help them with all their OE transactions. The shop will still purchase from the suppliers, but what we'll do is we'll determine within a market who are the best in class wholesalers to service the shops. And and that's interesting because I mean, historically this job function, I guess, has been so relationship driven. It's been so, I don't wanna say old school, but it's been behind the times a little bit, I think compared to a lot of different industries. 
Absolutely. I would say the relationship piece is still key. It's important now more than ever before. And so that's really uh, how, our, you know, we drive our business. Um, it's really important to have the relationships with the shops so they feel supported and then also with the dealership so that we can really communicate the needs of both parties and bring everybody together. We want to make sure that now more than ever before, the shops are getting what they need parts in a timely fashion, the service that they expect to complete the repair of the vehicle. Shops are under a lot of pressure to make sure the vehicles are going out in the right amount of time, you know, so we are there to help them with that. And how we do that is through our dealer network, making sure we have the best of class suppliers. So those franchise car dealerships will hire us to promote them out to the marketplace, ultimately to help them grow their wholesale parts business. I mean, from the dealer side, the connection is kind of obvious to me, but when it comes to developing relationships with all these shops, is that something that shops have to opt in for, or is there kind of like a network for them to go sign up, or do you have kind of like a boots on the ground presence? Like, how yeah. do you develop that network, I guess is what I'm asking. Right. Well, that's a great question. So we have boots on the ground. We have sales representatives. Across the Canadian market, we have uh, 15 sales managers that support Uh, Our dealer network, they're in the field every single day. So they're in the shops on a regular basis, helping them understanding what their needs are to meet them and support them in that way. Awesome. I'm kind of skipping ahead here. So let's back up. How did Advantage Parts Solutions start? Like, What was the impetus behind it? Where did you guys start? Where do you have your roots? Tell me me a little bit more. Sure. Well, Advantage was founded in uh, Vancouver, BC in 1988 by two entrepreneurs, Bob Kerstick and Tim Scharnberg. So they own the company today. It's been 33 years. Bob and Tim came from the automotive world. So they worked together previously. And so this idea was very natural for them. When they first started, Bob was the face of the brand, working out of the trunk of his car as he traveled across the country, building the company. And Tim did the design, the operations, IT, and everything else in between. Like I said, we just celebrated our 33rd anniversary, which is really exciting. And Bob actually showed the company via video his very first piece of sales material. It's framed in his house as a tribute to where they started. And it's really cool to think back and see where they've come from. Both of them, Tim and Bob, have actually had every position in the company when you think about it. They know exactly what it takes to edit lines of code or build a relationship. And you really don't find that too much anymore. Uh, The other cool piece is that we now operate in four countries. So we started here in Vancouver. We're across Canada, the U.S., the U.K., and most recently, we've entered the China market. Oh, wow. Big moves. Yes. The story of those those two starting off is reminding me a lot of my current business partner and I. Okay. Um, kind of each doing their own thing to keep the business afloat. And I mean, I, I hope we're looking back in 33 years, <laughs> looking back at that first framed piece of sales material. Right. Absolutely. So diving into something a little bit more topical, obviously, you know, the thing on everyone's mind right now, I mean, half of our stories in our books are supply chain issues. So how has that impacted advantage or your dealers? kind of throughout the pandemic and especially leading up to right now? Yeah, great question. I would say pre-COVID, we really didn't experience anything that would be considered out of the ordinary. Sure, we would have backward parts requests, but nothing that would raise eyebrows. 
uh, during COVID, we really didn't see a huge issue, you know, as the world had to unlearn a lot of their behaviors and relearn them as society adjusted to their new realities. Uh, once people felt more comfortable about the world around them, they began to drive more, and in many cases, more miles since public transit was hit really hard. Now, like you say, we're seeing a very real supply chain issue from a variety of the consumer goods, and some of those are impacting the parts business. Uh, just recently, it's an article in Business Insider, and it published an article that talked about the 50 ships that are backlogged off the port of Vancouver. Yeah, and yeah. the reason, yeah, the reason that they're backlogged is because the port is cut off from all major roadways because of the landslides and caused by the recent storms that we had. Yeah, you, you, you guys have been in our thoughts for the last few weeks. There, you guys are going through a pretty rough time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been pretty crazy. I would say an even bigger issue stems from the trucker unions voting to strike. Now we're seeing the processing cost of containers skyrocket, and we have a shortage of goods. Right. But yeah, um, can't. even in my world, like in publishing, we, we can't even find paper to print on. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, hard parts for vehicles are, I mean, it's just as hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I would say we're all experiencing it no matter what industry we're in. And when we look at everything that's brought us to this point, I mean, we can't do much about a storm that causes this domino effect of other issues, right? We're yeah. already in a pinch with our global supply chain. Then, you know, add to that the real need for more truck drivers. Now dogpile on the labor strikes from the trucker unions. It's literally the perfect storm of these unfortunate events that we haven't been able to control. And I would say also for correlation, you know, Canada isn't the only one having supply chain issues with ports and truckers. It's a very similar uh, issue off the coast of Los Angeles. And even the UK headlines aren't too different. So, you know, I would say if there ever was an event or a series of events to remind us that we're all in this together, it's certainly a good example of what we're seeing right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, but it was here from the horse's mouth here. Some of the pain points you guys are experiencing, I mean, obviously it sounds like getting parts into the customer's hand, into the shop's hand at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. you know, not going quite as swimmingly as uh, it used to. Yeah, so I would say supply chain issues are definitely causing delays, right, and getting parts to move freely. And that could, I mean, you could see pressure on price. I could see that happening. For the most part, this isn't a huge issue. But, you know, when you look at what's going on, the stage is set for this to become a problem. That's what's unique about Advantage and the fact that we have a national network of dealers we can tap into. So if you're in Vancouver and you can't get a bumper cover for, say, a Toyota Corolla and nobody around you has it, our team, that's where we step in and can help source that part from all over Canada on your behalf. So it could come from another BC dealer or, say, out of Quebec, but you'll get the part you need and allow your repair as a repair facility to continue. And then I'd also say, like, for the body shops, that's value that you can't ignore because they're measured on how quickly repairs are completed. Yeah, they might have to pay a little bit more for the shipping, but their overall numbers remain favorable for the business's long-term sustainability. Yeah, well, and that's kind of an advantage you have over, I guess, I guess you'd say, like a, a traditional brick-and-mortar job or store. Right. Because you're able to source from such a larger network. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of pivoting from there, back on our end, we've been hearing of some manufacturers 
starting to look at nearshoring their operations, their facilities. So basically taking the business out of China and at least doing assembly or a larger portion of the packaging local. How would that fit into your business model? How would that help you out? Well, I would say that something that Advantage would not necessarily benefit from as it relates more to the manufacturing side, right? But um, having said that, as vehicle manufacturers consider where they put their production plants, I mean, it will definitely cause them to at least pause and as they consider challenging the status quo. Uh, From a cost perspective, it's easy to offshore production, right? But if you're a vehicle manufacturer and you lose credibility in the market because it's taking your cars longer to land at a dealership or parts are becoming harder and harder to get, nearshoring is something I would see vehicle manufacturers absolutely looking into if they haven't already. Yeah. Um, now, I guess kind of getting away from advantage specifically and supply chain, because I mean, this, this is something we, we talk about all the time with anyone exposed in our industry, basically. Our industry in particular, it seems, has a real problem finding good employees. And I think it's probably because, at least in urban centers, our industry doesn't hold like the sexiness. Mm-hmm. That's something like high tech or SaaS sales. The list goes on and on of things that are kind of, I guess, more appealing to younger people entering the job market. Are you finding the same thing or are you kind of outside enough of that little loop that you're able to fill some good roles? Well, I would say there's no question to your point that COVID has turned the tables, right? Making that labor market way more favorable for employees. I mean, we hear a lot of people considering this period, they call it the great resignation, right? I would say for our advantage, we're so fortunate because we do have a universally accepted service that we sell. You know, it's a brand that's viewed very favorably within the market. And we have a culture that ties a nice bow around what we do. So like many who are seeing the workforce leave for various reasons, we fortunately have not seen that. Um, I would think one big reason is because with supply chain issues and the dramatic change in consumer behavior caused by COVID, what we do and how we do it comes into focus by our customers and is something that's becoming more and more valuable to them. And on the topic of change and you know, ch- changing consumer behavior as well as talent changes, what's your take on a return to, I hate this term so much, but the new normal in the automotive aftermarket? What do you think that's going to look like? Well, I wish I had a crystal ball, Peter. I mean, <laughs> it's, gonna be, <laughs> it's going to be so interesting. But, um, you know, for us, one thing that's really key is around vehicle miles driven. That's a really strong leading indicator for our business. So if people drive more, the propensity for auto accidents increases. And the inverse is true as well, right? So I would say during COVID, we were actually getting data from multiple sources. And one that we found to be a really good indicator for our organization was the Apple's mobility trends. So when you look at that, what Apple did was they took a pre-COVID baseline of January 13, 2020, and they began measuring the data right from their maps application. Yeah. And of course, this only takes into consideration the Apple users, but we know that they own more than half the market. So it's a significant. Oh yeah, everyone's got their iPhone, right? Yeah, yeah. So what they did was they tracked the direction request by transportation methods. 
So you have walking, driving, and public transit. Data obviously varies by market, but if we take Vancouver, BC as an example, where of course we're having supply chain issues, what we saw was that the huge drop-off in March 2020, then there was a steady climb back to normal in the July, August, September 2020 timeframe. And then that surpassed normal from probably early July to like mid-October. Then again, there was that dip through the holidays and then a steady increase month over month ever since. So when we look at public transit over that same period of time, it fell by 80%. So that means that there were 80% less requests for direction for public transit when compared to the January baseline. And now it's slowly increased back to the baseline in the August, September 2021 timeframe. So today, public transit is hovering around the January baseline of minus three. You know, and I, I bring all this up because it's like, well, one good question is what happened to all those who relied on public transportation? Because interestingly enough, walking is up 50% over the baseline. So one way to look at this is to suggest that those who relied on public transportation started walking, especially without cars or who live in downtown or urban settings. To think it took public transit in Vancouver about 18 months to return to normal when private transportation only took three months is all the evidence we really need. Again, that's only one market in the scheme of COVID, but it's very telling to what others are experiencing. So yeah. ultimately, more vehicles on the road, more miles driven will ensure, you know, the continuing of the need for the collision repair industry, the need for the repairs, the need for parts, and the need of where Advantage comes in to support all of that. Yeah, that's super interesting. I didn't know any of that. That's, that's really interesting. I might actually uh, you send me something off air about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I wanted to dive into before I let you go. And these are easy questions, don't worry. <laughs> if a shop's interested in learning more about you guys, how do you reach you? The best way is through our website, adps.com. Um, you know, I think you asked earlier, um, and if I didn't answer the question then, you said, what does it take for a shop to be part of our program? It's complimentary. Our services are uh, free of charge. We're there to service and support them. So if they reach out to us on our website, uh, we can follow up. We'll make sure that our local representative and our local manager reach out to them. Awesome. So again, guys, totally free to sign up, adps.com. And last question before I let you go, this is kind of a trip up. <laughs> what is your all-time favorite vehicle? Ooh, that's a good question. This shows you haven't listened to the podcast before. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> You know what? I do like uh, a nice white sports car, specifically Ferraris. So I'll go with that. And can I can never go wrong with a Ferrari. There you yeah. go. Thank you so much again for joining us. And we'll count you out here. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm your host, Peter Bulmer. Check back next week. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.